Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on my show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. Take what helps and leave the rest. Hi guys, just a heads up, I just checked this episode and realized it did not record through my microphone, so it sounds like ass, and I apologize. (laughs) So bummer, but uh, I hope it uh, is still worth listening to content-wise, and um, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Anyway, apologies, annoying, annoys me, and I apologize. Okay, bye. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode a lot of people have been asking for for a while. Um, It's about dream work, so it's kind of like my, um, my personal introduction to dream work. It's how I work on my own dreams. So it's, it's very much based on my own process with myself. Um, so I would say this is kind of an experimental episode. And if you are a per- person who hates hearing about other people's dreams, like my husband, <laughs> this is not an episode for you. Um, yeah, if like that's like not pleasurable to you to like listen to another person's dream being retold to you, probably not an episode for you. Um, and because this includes dream... Uh, like my personal dreams being retold to you, it's going to sound weird. A lot of it will sound weird, but I think I personally do dream work because I think there's a lot of power in it. I do it often because, um, you can, you can, I've found you can move faster through some of the issues that you can't reach in your conscious mind. Uh, I get a lot farther quicker, put it that way. Um, but you can think of this as like the layman's casual intro to dream work if you are curious about it. And this is um, how I, as I said, how I work on my own dreams. I think, I used to think that uh, dream work was total bullshit because if you Google dream interpretations, like all the casual postings on how to interpret dreams are pretty made up for the most part. And they don't translate at all, I think, to most people's dreams. Um, And I will say like dream work is very personal. It's very specific to you because the material is coming directly from you, from your makeup, from your life, from things that are meaningful to you. So it's not like it can be really um, made into a universal, you know, set of definitions, so to speak. But there are definitely common themes or or common um, ciphers, (laughs) maybe I'll say. And I think it's powerful and amazing. Like once you unlock the meaning behind one of your dreams, I think you will be hooked. Because it's kind of like a a shortcut to the suppressed feelings that are too deep, like too far away from your conscious mind to be readily accessed. So you might find that you have totally different feelings on certain things in your life than you thought you did. Or you might find new confidence 
and awakening through dream work. I've also found insights that have made me appreciate myself more or I've discovered how I, how I really feel about something in my life despite whatever is going on in my present, present consciousness. Um, so I'm going to explain, as I said, the meaning of some of my dreams as a method to help you understand yours. And I will also put a link to a book I recommend in the show notes. It's called Inner Work, and it will give you kind of what this episode is about, but a lot more in depth. And um, I highly recommend it. It's got, it's kind of like, like a one-on-one class on dream work. Um, but before I go into this episode, I just want to remind everybody, before I go into part three, the tools, there will be a brief word from our sponsors. All right, part one, the what. Dream work. What do I mean by that? I mean recording your dreams and then deciphering what your unconscious is expressing. So things that you may not be aware of on a conscious level. So I would say they're still true feelings. They're just the feelings that you're not aware of. Dreams are kind of like riddles that only you can understand. So why would dream work be a thing or a practice? Because there are pretty consistent structures across individuals and like similar themes. Like there are similar types of metaphors. Um, and that's just because we're all living a human experience. Carl Jung, Jung goes into depth into a lot of other stuff that I'm not going to discuss. He's kind of the father of uh, analytical psychology. He's one of Freud's contemporaries. And if you ask me, his theories are smarter than Freud's. <laughs> not a huge Freud fan myself. But he is the originator of so many incredible theories, like the idea of the collective unconscious. And his books are wonderful and amazing. And he, he has so many incredible um, passages specifically about him working on his own dreams. So if you are interested in taking a deeper dive, I recommend... Uh, Modern Man in Search of a Soul, which has a lot of anecdotal stories. And I also recommend The Undiscovered Self and Memories, Dreams, Reflections. Um, and I can put links to that as well in the show notes. The Red Book is another incredible young book, but it's very dense. Um, so I would start with the other ones. But he worked a lot with the material of dreams when working with his clients. And he also worked with something called active imagination, which is kind of like working with dreams, but while you are awake. But the net net of this material that comes from your brain is it's valid because it's material that has originated from you. So even if it feels like it's abstract and has no merit, it's like these, they're all symbols. They're all tied to something in your life, something about yourself. And so you kind of deciphering their meaning as a process is in itself valid just because it's you're working with internal material. So if you are to, to work with something that's an active imagination, something that you're imagining while you're in, awake, in an awake state, I think that's just as uh, useful as if you are working with a dream. Um, if you are going to do something like instead of deciphering a dream, deciphering a, something you're imagining in your waking life, then I think it's best to get to kind of a meditative theta state before you create this visual, just because I think it'll be more um, from deeper within, put it that way. Which brings me to part two, the why. Well, why would a dream be useful? Why would active imagination be useful? Well, the unconscious uses things that you are familiar with to process feelings, to integrate feelings, to, to give us... Uh, 
context for our feelings. So it's kind of like a language that's made up of things that represent feelings and beliefs in your life. So if there was a language called you, this would be spoken in that language. This dream would be what comes out. So if you're trying to express feelings that have not been acknowledged or fully processed, it'll come out in this weird, you know, foreign language that is like all of these disparate things kind of combined into one stage where you're like, huh, what character is that? What environment is this? This is kind of like this age, kind of like that age, but it's mixed with this thing from my life. And like, that's kind of because it's like this whole environment is built up of you and your experiences and your feelings. If you dive, dive deeper into Jung, you will learn about archetypes. And I'm not going to go into archetypes, but there are consistent, consistent themes that show up in storytelling across time. There are consistent symbols, there are consistent characters, objects, icons. So within dreams, there are also some consistent themes. And I think this helps with dream work in that it allows us to at least have a starting point for understanding what our brain is or what our body is trying to tell us, what our subconscious is trying to tell us. Um, and so why would we even do this process of taking apart these riddles? Quite simply, self-knowledge. The goal is not to be entirely enveloped in your subconscious and the internal. It's not to like allow that to take over what's in your conscious mind. It's not more right than what you believe and see and think and feel in your awake, conscious, rational mind. It's just to have awareness of what is suppressed. It's to have awareness of all of you. Because the ego is your consciousness. I, I often refer to it as the computer. You know, It's like your gatekeeper in that it, it helps you survive. It's like what you allow to enter into your conscious personality. However, there's a lot of information that is discarded, that's, that's ingested, but it's not conscious. And there's a lot of information that goes into your body that your ego does not keep in your conscious mind for various reasons, either because it'll, it'll not help you function, or it's too stressful, it's too painful, all sorts of different reasons. However, what is unconscious is still present and felt in your body and in your emotional self. And that all of that unconscious material can still affect your life and guide you whether or not you are consciously aware of it. And this is why I, I talk a lot about the things we do in our lives, like the loops of behavior that we may have. They're showing us a lot of what is kind of hidden in our subconscious. Like if we can't figure out why something is happening, it's like, huh, I keep having the same problem happen. Why is that? I have this goal, but I can't seem to reach it because I have this constant loop of thing that keeps happening. And oftentimes it's because we have some sort of subconscious fear or some subconscious belief that is creating drag on our being. You know, it's kind of like a boat that has a bunch of crap stuck on the rudder. It's like it's going to slow down or alter the trajectory of your life. So if you have something in your life where you're like, why am I having this repeated issue? It's likely something blocked in your subconscious, something that it, you're not aware of on a conscious level that needs to be unearthed. Which brings me to part three, the how. Before I go into the how, a brief word from our sponsors. Begin a practice of writing down your dreams. And this is its own thing to work on and refine and perfect. I usually, because like when I first started writing down my dreams, it was like chicken scratch and I could not read it at all the next day. 
it, it, when I had a pencil next to my bed, I was like, oh, I'll totally remember what this is. I'll totally know what this one word I'm writing down means. And of course, the next day has I have no idea even what it says. I don't know what I was dreaming about. It's like your your brain will not hold on to it. So I think it's helpful to either type it on your phone or use a voice memo. And if you're a person who is a light sleeper, definitely have your phone set so that the screen is black, so that it's inversed, if that makes sense. Um, and if all of this sounds too hard, just use the pencil and the paper. <laughs> but first we have to start a practice of recording dreams. And I would say especially the ones that have resonance, like the ones that linger, that have emotional power, that you ask yourself like, whoa, what did that mean? That was weird. Or they have like some sort of emotional uh, sting to them, you know, and or any dream involving an animal. And I would say like the easiest dreams to write down are always the ones that you have right before you wake up. Why? Because they usually leave an image lingering that you can hold on to like while you're awake. Plus it's right outside. So that's a bonus, but either way, like what we're really looking for, you don't have to remember the entire dream. You can, I think it's, or at least I work with a dream moment or dream image. So like a moment in the dream when I think there's an animal present or anything that's like, uh, gives you an emotional response. So, okay, that's step one, starting to write down the dreams. Second tool in this episode is just, I want to describe it as the feeling. There's, there's energy or response. It's like, um, it's, it's something that's like very bizarre because you're like, I don't know what exactly what I'm reacting to, but you can think of it like there are certain themes or cer certain images that are hot to the touch. And this gives you a sense for what you're looking for when you have a dream or when you are trying to like uh, extrapolate meaning for a dream. Like you'll have this like kind of like almost like there's a bell ringing and you can't hear the bell, but it's like, huh, that one kind of resonated. Why did that resonate? That just... They feel more potent. There's a tension point embedded. So if there's a moment that leaves your brain kind of like re repeating it, trying to solve it, like that's, that's energy coming through. If there's a word associated with it that has resonance to it, that's another thing to pay attention to. And I just want you to get to know that in yourself just because it won't be like very specific. It'll be kind of vague. You'll be like, huh, there's I feel energy behind this for some reason. So just start to pay attention to that. Next tool is called the dream invitation. So I would say this is something to practice once you have started your habit of recording dreams and you're like ready to try and dig into one. And basically before you go to sleep, just very consciously bring to mind in your own words, this invitation. For example, inner self, please reveal to me something that needs my attention. And if that feels too hippie and weird, just like maybe remember that you want to try some dream work. And so it's just like put, bringing it to present mind that you want to try and hold on to something that needs to be worked on. Um, and then let's assume you have, you've done that, you've done all of these steps. Here's what I want you to look for in a dream you're going to choose to work with, at least if you're starting out. And this is going to sound totally weird and made up, but like this is, as I said, Seems like there are very consistent threads or structures or tropes, if you will, in dreams. So anything that has 
an animal at all, hold on to that dream. Anything that has a water, a body of water specifically, and anything that has a location that is tied to a moment in your life, like a time in your life. So for example, like a house that belonged to a parent, belongs to a parent, a place you grew up, a place you traveled when you were young, um, anything that has like a marker in your lifetime. And you won't have to understand everything about a dream. It's not like it's going to directly translate to something literal. Um, it's like you're going to be working with like a single moment or sing single image from that dream or single scene. And then we're going to take apart the different elements of that scene. All right. So this is the tool on working with a dream. And this is a general overview. I think this process will evolve for you as you dive deeper, if you dive deeper. And as you start this process, I think it's best to start with like a, as basic a dream as possible. Not the ones with like a thousand intricate disconnected elements or too many plot points. But mainly because I think it's they're so baffling and they take time to unwind. And often the definitions will be surprisingly simple. Like you, ha you might have a really complicated dream that have all these people and all these things that happen that, are, that don't feel connected at all. And then you'll pull something that, from it that's very, very simple and concise. So um, this would be like my creative workbook on working with this one dream, whatever you have chosen. And um, this is how I work with my dreams. So I think it will probably translate for you as well. So I would invite you to write these questions down and when you are um, writing the answers to these questions, I want you to write anything and everything that comes to mind, like any response, even ones that don't make sense. So you can think of this as kind of like a free association process. And after you just brain dumped any and everything that could possibly come up for you in response to these, um, just go through and like underline any, any words or associations that have that energy behind it, that feel hot to the touch, any extra emphasis. Like your brain might say like, huh, that one's ringing a little bell. Huh, that one feels, that one's sticking out to me. Or this one I, I keep repeating. Like, so this is a lot, more than anything, a process of like intuiting. It's a process of allowing versus muscling. And I often refer to the sphincter of creativity <laughs> because in many ways we have to, you know, relax and feel safe enough to process things. I'm sorry to use pooping as a metaphor so often, but it just translates really well. So this is kind of that, it's a similar process. You're allowing, you're not muscling. So here, here are the questions. All right. The first question about your dream. Where is this dream? What time did this place exist in your life? Uh, and it could be two places connected. So sometimes it's, it means it's a version of a place. It kind of has the stonework of a place you were when you were a kid. Um, but it kind of also looks like this other place that's like really random. Just write any maybes down. And some will kind of start to poke through a little bit more. That It'll give you that energetic tension. Like, huh, this kind of feels like that room at my nursery school. Huh, this kind of looks like the carpeting from my church when I was really young. Stuff like that. Next question. When is this place? Like, are there any details that mark this place in a specific time in your life? For example, 
I had a dream once that I was at my parents' house, but it was very overgrown. And I could see in my mind's eye that there were like screen doors on the balcony. So it would symbolize that it was their house when I was closer to age seven. Like, it, it, but you really have to like look and see in your mind's eye, like, when is this? Can I, is there any marker that can tell me what year this is? And if you don't know, just guess. Um, all right, next question. Who or what is in this dream? Are there any animals present? If so, write them down. Um, whatever, whoever is in the dream, describe exactly what they're doing. So if it's an object or an environment, uh, describe what that thing is, what it resembles, and are there any images or styles or things that this relates to in any way? And as I said, your subconscious will blend things together. So it doesn't matter if it's um, not a meaningful symbol to you. It could be something you don't give a shit about, but it'll, your brain will just use it because it's trying to describe a different underlying feeling, and this is the best way it can do so. All right, the next question. Is there a body of water? If so, describe where it is, how close it is, what it looks like. For example, like is it a wild, dark, and choppy body of water? Is it clear and welcoming? Is it out of sight, but you know it's there? And this is something I would say keep consistently aware of throughout your dreams. And know that this one, for me at least, was like felt like total bullshit. I was like, really? I am not a person who cares about bodies of water. This is not something that makes any sense to me as something to pay attention to in my dreams. But I will uh, attribute that to the collective unconscious or the resonance, the collective resonance of archetypes and symbols in our collective unconscious. That's just my two-second explanation for why this would be at all something that constantly recurs for people. But anyway, so now that we have all of the data of your dreams and you have all the characters listed, all the material listed, um, now I want you to think of specifically any person or any animal in that dream as a character and that character is played by you and I want you to imagine quite literally you could embody that character right now and speak for them like in this dream moment you are the main character that one of these main characters and what it what do you feel what do you want what are you searching for what part of you might they represent? Like what is their goal? What is their struggle? What is their frustration? If there is like a, a loop or an energy in the dream moment, like what is it? I also used to think this was total bullshit, like animals. I'm like, huh, why would that be more me than me in the dream? And that is because animals are simplified icons of energy. Like they're a huge key to unlocking a dream because Really personifying them as a part of your instincts allows you to sense into an inner instinct in your subconscious. Like they're they're very primitive. They have very primal goals. They they usually rep represent some aspect of our personality. Um, I'm going to give you an example from my dreams because I have a constant recurring um, character in my dreams that is my dog Noodle, and this is always kind of like my nurturing core self. She's always, Noodle was like 
a soother, a confident alpha. Um, she was just a com, you know, very like, I don't give a fuck how big you are. I'm going to go my own way kind of dog. And I, when I dream of her, I'm like, oh, I immediately now recognize like, oh, this is like my heart. This is my core self who is acting here. And then it's, it's pretty easy to figure out what my subconscious is trying to say. However, when I dream of my dog Bandit, Bandit is a border collie and she's manic, immature, obsessive, cuckoo bananas for tennis balls. But when I see her in my dreams, it's like she's representing a very different part of myself. So you can think of them, whatever animal is in your dream as an icon that represents a need or drive in yourself. So whatever you have traced in this animal character, now you can just, if you can in your mind's eye, really go into their need in this moment. Like, what are they trying to do? If you could just speak for them, try and speak for them in a paragraph. Like, I'm trying to get to here. I don't want blank to happen. I'm trying to get these people to know blank. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to make sense at all. And just allow as much as you can to freeform. Just allow it to come out. See in the narrative of the dream structure, like, what, what does this thing want? And once you have that down, you can kind of see, is there any connection to this environment? Like, if this environment resonates with you at a certain time in your childhood, at a certain, like, let's say it's in your 20s, or let's say it's in your teens, would this animal self, would this animal need have any connection to the emotions you felt at that time that this place is representing? Like, can you, can you draw any connections to this moment in yourself, this emotional self as it's represented in time and the need that's being expressed? And really what the goal is here is to notice like, huh, I had this similar awakening in this time in my life when this dream is represented. And this is now happening in my present day life. So we're trying to find like any dots that connect in any of the ingredients that you've written down. Um, so usually what I do is like once I get all this material down, I'll ask myself like, what is my unconscious trying to tell me? Like what am, what am I trying to be, what are they trying to process and alert to me? Like what is out of my focus that I need to know? How is this animal self's voice something that is true for me in my present life? Like where, what could that relate to? Is that happening for me now at all whatsoever? And um, when you can start to just write down any possible connections, you'll find that one kind of peeks through. You'll be like, huh, all right, that feels a little bit stronger. Is it true? Am I feeling like this? Is this something that like needs my attention? And then I think if it's feeling like too vague or like maybe I'm forcing this, just like take a break from it and then come back to it. And see, once you reread it, let's say a day later, a few days later, like, wow, that does feel more true than it did before. Um, and now I'm going to give you a couple of examples from my dreams. I'm, and I'm doing this because I think this is helpful just to like understand the structure of these interpretations. These are some of the dreams that I found the most potent in my own life because they hit me like a lightning bolt. So it's like me trying to give you a map. <laughs> Um, okay, so this is the first example. So to give you context on like the time in my life and what was happening, um, just so you can understand like the icons of the dream. This is when I was working as a therapist. I was getting my hours. This is pre-COVID. 
I was working at a counseling center in Los Angeles on nights and weekends. I was also very pregnant. Um, and my day job as a creative director was extremely challenging and it was about to become more challenging as I took on another role in addition to my current role. And I was feeling totally pa panicked, totally overwhelmed and like I was gonna break. And I decided I had to take a break from my job as a counselor and I had to just put it on hold. And at the time I felt like immense relief because I was so overwhelmed and I was also missing out on time with my son who was two then. And, um, and then, so I was like, okay, I'm, I've told everyone I'm gonna take a break from pursuing uh, my hours as a counselor. And then I had this dream. So I'm gonna keep the dream very basic. So in the dream, I was at my parents' house and my dog Noodle was downstairs and my sister and parents were there and they were talking about something and they said to me, it's so sad that Noodle's heart is about to stop. And I was in the dream and I said, what, what do you mean? And then Noodle came up to me and was licking my face on the, on the stairs and I knew in that moment somehow that it was true. Like, Noodle's heart is gonna stop and she's gonna die. And I was crying in realization. And I woke up in that moment. And I was, at the moment, I was just enveloped in sadness of just imagining my dog, Noodle, passing away. But the dream did not have anything to do with Noodle passing away. So now we can take apart that dream. When I worked on uh, the animal in the dream, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's Noodle. Noodle is always kind of the icon that repeats for me as like my core creative self. And I would say she's like representative of all the instincts that I identify with most in my like conscious self. And the time and the place of the dream were um, fairly recent. And uh, the time of day was pretty nondescript. And the heart needing to be stopped was kind of like the core energy of the dream image. So I was like, what does this mean? Where am, where's my heart? gonna stop? Where is my core creative self's heart gonna stop? And that was the thing I was working with. That's what I was struggling, like I'm like where could this possibly tie to? What could be dying in my life? And it very, or just like free, you know, association, just writing everything I could on that idea. And then what hit me for the first time consciously was I was devastated to lose the job at the counseling center. Why? Because what was not accessible to me because I was so overwhelmed and busy was that I loved being at the counseling center. I had such a great like sense of learning and growth and depth and it, it was blooming this part of myself that had been neglected. It was like all these trainings I was getting access to. It was like this huge thriving piece of my soul and I, did, I completely had forgotten that or, or lost touch with that. So this dream gave me a greater appreciation for that on a conscious level. It allowed me to recognize the actual loss and meaning that this thing in my life had for me. So I had no real awareness of that until I processed that. And then I was like able to see it and like not only respect it, but also just like mourn it and put like a post-it note on it to be like come back to this remind remember that this is a thing you really care about because otherwise the routines and the busyness of life will very much just carry you away like a current you know 
think that's like one thing that dream work is really helpful with is just like you go inward, you tap into something that like your inner self is saying like, hey, this is important. I also feel this, you know? Um, okay, that's my first structural dream map for you based on my own dreams. So I'm going to give you another one. Um, and this is to explain a little bit about the water metaphor and how that works. Um, water is usually representative of the unconscious. So it can kind of roughly tell you how close to it you are and how it's behaving, how it's feeling, what's inside, what, what turmoil is inside or lack of turmoil, just basically your unconscious emotional body. <clears throat> so <clears throat> a couple examples from my own dreams. I had one dream where I was at my old nursery school and it looked kind of like a roughly like it. I could tell because of the stonework. I was like, this kind of looks like my old nursery school. And in the dream, I walked to the window and I opened the curtains and I saw that there was black choppy water right at the window, like at the very base of the window. And in the dream, I was shocked because I was like, oh my God, this whole place is going to be flooded. It's going to, this water is so high, it's going to take over this place. And so when I worked with that dream, what it told me was I was at risk of flooding. At the time, I had a lot of stress, I had a lot of frustration, emotional pain, anger, and just a lack of resource, a lack of emotional resourcing. And this dream was telling me like, hey, this is too much. Something needs to change. You are bubbling up and it is threatening. What does the nursery school represent? In my interpretation, it was childhood joy and innocence, like my core um, peaceful self is going to be drowned. Like I don't have, I won't, I'm threatening it right now. T a totally different example would be this. I had a dream where it was kind of set in this very, uh, f like I could tell it was a foreign location. I didn't know where it was. It was a vacation town, a touristy town. And the ocean was nearby, but it was completely blocked by these tourist condo buildings and lots of telephone wires and I was trying to see it, but I couldn't. It was too far away. And this was a really difficult dream for me to process because I was like, what does this mean? There are too many tourists blocking my connection to self. What does that mean? And it, with enough distance from it, I finally kind of processed that like at that time, I had too many obligations that I did not care about that were distracting me from a deeper connection to myself. Like they were blocking me from uh, inner listening. And this was a frustration. Like there was a lot of busyness, a lot of chaos, a lot of um, obligations. So it's it can be that simple. It doesn't have to be like it's telling me this message with these specific dates. And, you know, it's like it'll be some usually emotionally based need. Um, and you will have strong metaphors that are personal to you that will repeat. Like for me, for example... Um, my grandparents' house is a place of deep meaning for me, and it's often tied to a time in my life when I was closest to myself, like as a young child, and it, it very strongly represents legacy, lineage, spirit, creative soul. It's also tied strongly to a particular time in my life and a state of being. So whenever I see that house in my dream, I pay attention to it because I'm like, oh, this is speaking to like my core self. This is something about my core self. And this is an interesting story I want to hear about. I also always pay attention to any animal 
And know that when you start on this process, it will probably be frustrating. It will probably be like super confusing and like I get I still get frustrated sometimes trying to work on dreams. But it takes time and it takes patience and it takes like emotional pooping. You know, you gotta like relax and allow. And as my dream teacher says, whatever comes up around it, work with that. It's all material. So if you are having frustration occur and not being able to decipher a dream's meaning, maybe try instead just to be curious about the frustration, you know? But either way, I think if you're working with a waking dream, you're working with like an active imagination, all interpretations are their own form of feedback and inquiry into self. And I've also found that if I leave a dream to be, like I just, if I'm struggling with the meaning and then I return to it, sometimes it's clearer because I've just allowed my brain to not try so hard, you know? Sometimes your mind may be cloudy or distracted and you just won't be able to tune in to yourself from wherever you are at that moment. So um, just give yourself time. I wanted to leave you with a positive insight um, because I think our dreams can remind us of things about ourselves that we may forget. You know, we have these inner knowings that sometimes on a conscious level, we just, we don't hold on to. So for me, I had a, a dream about a koi fish and it was a fem female, like really old koi fish, ancient koi fish. And the pond was like backed with this porcelain that had this very specific Korean pattern on it. And I was like, huh. And what I recognized is my Korean, it was my Korean Nana, my Korean legacy. She, my Nana had incredible technical skills and she did fine needlework and stitching kind of like the phantom thread Anyway, the dream occurred to me at a time when I was doubting myself and my abilities and it reminded me like, oh yeah, I have her inside of me. I have centuries of hard work and craft inside my being. And I was, I had like renewed confidence with just this sim very simple realization. So your dreams can instill this feeling in you and can at the very least offer up a different perspective on an issue you are currently thinking through or muscling through in your life. And it is, after all, still you, you know? It's a part of you that isn't speaking or solving in your conscious mind, but it's a very true part of you. So for that reason, I encourage you to respect that inner knowing and refer to it with reverence, glee, and curiosity. And I hope this is helpful. Let me send you my love. Smile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.